0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. We have an amazing guest for you today. He is an innovation expert, a data guru, a thought leader. He's got a wealth of industry knowledge and expertise. Please help me welcome John Rogers, Chief Innovation Officer at CoreLogic. John, welcome to the show.
1: Fantastic to be here, Michael. Thank you for the invite. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. It is great to have you, and as I say, a data guru, guru, and you have an incredible wealth of knowledge, I can't wait to start tapping that, but for our listeners who maybe don't know you, tell us a little bit about your background, and how did you get into data and innovation and everything like that at CoreLogic?
1: Yeah, thanks, Michael. So uh, I've been with, uh, I've been lucky enough to be with CoreLogic for uh, over eight years now. Uh, We're at the we're lucky to be the bedrock of the, the real, indi- real estate industry. So we uh, service about 1.4 million realtors, look after about 7 out of every 10 loans, and a similar number in the insurance space through, through their underwriting and claims process. So really, we provide the insights and data to those mission-critical processes, whether you're a realtor or a, or a claims adjuster. Um, because we gather all that data, all those insights, um In quality, we've created a a 21st century data manufacturing plant. So we collect over 22,000 data sources, uh, everything from a fax to a fax, all the way through to point cloud data, which is 3D data. Think of satellite imagery, aerial imaging, uh, and drone imagery. And with that uh, data on the real estate market, we can really create amazing models and insights, both historic, the here and now, and predictive. Um, a couple of examples, if you think about climate change, obviously that's a major uh, issue in the world right now. We're, we're building models to understand the impacts of climate change to the real estate, real estate economy up to the year 2100 in five and 10-year uh, increments. Uh, because obviously you have to think about um, where do we want to build new housing? How do we want to protect our current cities and towns, uh, and also you know, protect the the money's already invested in in those in those portfolios and, and those housing um, uh, around the United States. So that yeah, uh, uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a very lucky man.
0: Fantastic, and and like we said, you've got so many different data points. What are some of the things you're seeing in the industry right now as you look at all of these different data points, and you have. I think you're sitting in, in a very unique position to say I can see what's going on with insurance. I can see what's going on with real estate. I can see what's going on with the mortgage data. Give our listeners a little feel for what are some of the things you're seeing. What are some of the trends? What are some of the things that the data that is jumping out at you?
1: Yeah. So um, a couple of a couple come to mind. So one uh, obviously there's been an explosion in the retech prop tech markets over the last few years and with all the insights that we have on the residential uh, market, we can really help those uh, companies from all the way throughout the life cycle of of them as a company from literally inception all the way through to IPO and how you think about how they grow, identify new markets, generate leads, um, understand uh, price optimization for their products, uh, and really get ready to uh, to either float or, or, or sell as a company. And it's uh, um, just a remarkable uh, experience to help these companies grow. Um, a second example is uh, we're very lucky we, um, in terms of housing development in the United States because we have that, as you as mentioned, that uh, really expansive view of the housing market, you know, we're building models to hopefully, uh, you know, help um, uh, really help things like affordable housing, uh, even just in the planning of feasibility. Obviously, it's a it's a it's a complex issue, but we can tr- we can uh, you know hopefully identify land uh, to build uh, for, for housing development, solve sort of the conundrum between. Um, providing it for a certain median income uh, in terms of our household, and provide an ROI back to the housing and land developers. So whether there's uh, pilots and research work that we're we're performing through various areas throughout the United States, that really hopefully uh, we can help that. uh, It's really actually a global issue, but we're we're, we're trying our best to improve the situation.
0: Well, and I love how you're talking about the data and, more importantly, how you're using it to not only impact companies, like you said, some all the way from inception all the way through IPO and how they're leveraging your data and insights to make better and more informed decisions, maybe quicker and more strategic decisions in the marketplace. But it's not just all about business bottom line. You're talking about, okay, climate change. You're talking about using data for affordable housing. It is a huge problem in our country right now of how do we really obtain more affordable housing. So I love the fact that you're really looking at the data. And when we talk about holistically, some people say holistically, and they really have blinders on, and and their holistically yeah. is this small little portion. You're really looking at it from a global perspective um talk to me what are some of the challenges that people have in trying to leverage data to make it useful i i know you and i we talked a little bit about you know how can you pre-assemble some of it how can you make it mm-hmm. easier for people to consume because i know some people they get all the data they look at all the lenders who have all this data and they don't know what to do with it or how to use it talk to me a little bit about that interesting topic.
1: yeah 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 and uh um Housing data is a is a hard data set. It's not like a you know imagine your know, cars coming off a manufacturing uh, plant. It's all to spec, well versed out. Right. A house you get specific snapshots in time, and they can be frequent or infrequent. You know you can have obviously a listing, an appraisal, a building permit, a claim made. So we obviously gather all that information, um, use. Machine learning techniques to get the best version and the best information on that house at any particular time, both today, uh, historically, and obviously using it for predictive models in the future. And we want to take friction away of getting access to that data. So we've built, um, you know, platforms that make it a, a very like Amazon.com style of accessing assets, understanding it, visualizing it, uh, and being able to use those insights and data very easily in use cases that that help that particular client, whether you're in real estate, mortgage, housing development, uh, oil and gas, retail, um, how you can actually really use that data very quickly. So, so we're very passionate about taking friction out of the system to get access, understand it, explore it, visualize it, and find the insight that's useful for for that particular company. And we've built um, platforms that hopefully make it a lot more easier for the analysts and the data scientists uh, within our clients' uh, um, organizations.
0: Well, and when they are able to do that, they can have better outcomes. They can have quicker outcomes to say, hey, strategically-wise, this is the decision we're gonna make and now it's backed by data. It's not backed by a gut instinct. It's not backed for yep. oh, uh, a gut feel from some of the, you know, That's executives. Right. They're using data to make those key strategic decisions. So as you work with so many across insurance and across mortgage and even into the government and everything like that, what are some of the biggest challenges that companies have when trying to use data? Or trying to access it, walk me through some of those common pitfalls, and yeah. then let's kind of talk about how does core logic differentiate itself and kind of address sure. some of those.
1: Yeah, um, depending on the white paper you read, you know, forty to sixty percent of a analyst or a data scientist—that is, you know, typically whether you know, financial analyst or an operational analyst or, or a data scientist—they're data wrangling. In other words. Uh, procuring profiling, trying to understand, integrating it with their data assets, uh, securing governing it 's a lot of work yep. Be- before you even extract value and you know typically and, and i 'm uh, generalizing across m- for multiple industries it can right. take nine to twelve months from procurement of an asset to actually an insight that is now in an operational process so it's, it's say an underwriting platform. Wow. That length, like, the time is not, you know, that's we've, we've got to get better. Right? That's statistics. time
0: and money and that it adds to the cost. I mean, exactly. When we talk about how do we lower the cost to originate a loan, man, that that has not gone down, you know, I mean, and really in exactly our right. lifetime. And I love how you're talking about then if you can compress that gap, you know, if it's not nine months, can you take it down to six months or can you take it to three or can you take it to one? Or,
1: yeah we're challenging ourselves to get it to sort of two to three months from inception of procurement of the data asset, understand the use case, create the model, deploy it out into operational platform so it's usable on a hourly, daily, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever the right uh, uh, business cycle and process is in place. That's the, that's what we're, we're trying to achieve. and We're seeing uh um, very strong indicates that we're, we're proving that model, which, which is fantastic to see, because that helps our clients, you know, whether you're a, a fintech or prop tech or retail.
0: ROI off of that, if you can say, hey, I just saved six months. I mean, think of how many times in six months market shifts, rate change, competitor activity, that if you can compress that down to two or three months, Think of the strategic advantage people will gain from having access to those tools and that information.
1: Correct, correct. So, so, so we've got a platform with easy access to our data, Think like Amazon.com, so I can browse the assets, understand them, all the relevant tools, whether you're an analyst or a data scientist, all the libraries. So the libraries about how to profile data, the use cases that are pertinent to your sector. I can use them to help my, you know, my uh my uh, pain points might drive my outcomes as a client and then actually tailor them to my operational processes So how I help my operational platforms consume that insight and make it as easy as possible. So try and reduce the development costs, both in creation and then when you actually deploy out the, into the operational platform of, of a client, which is you know, everything from a listings portal to a, Underwriting platform to a claims platform to a data warehouse in any cloud stack, tech stack, you've got to try and keep those dev costs down and make it as interoperable as possible. Really.
0: Uh, I love it. And you hit so many key points there about making sure it fits in the tech stack, and the development stack, and, and compressing those time frames. And we're now in a, a very interesting time, especially in the mortgage uh, space where marching compression is to become even more mm-hmm. critical, right? We're coming out of a big Refi boom its now more of a purchase market. Rates are creeping up. We don't know what's happening with with, uh, Ukraine and oil prices and how is that going to impact rates and everything like that. So being able to apply those data insights quickly to make those strategic decisions is even going to be even more important going forward. That's
1: right. Talk about –
0: I was going to say, talk about some of the key differentiators with CoreLogic because everyone's going to tell you, well, there's all kinds of data out there. I'm a lender. I have all kinds of data. What makes you guys different and special?
1: Uh, so the throughout those 22,000 22, data sources, uh, over 97% of it is direct from source. So we're closest to the source. That's very important. Absolutely. It's the... The currency, the quality um, is, you know, we are the gold standard. Um, Then being able, as as we, the domain knowledge that we have across the whole real estate industry from what a realtor thinks of, what a broker thinks of, what a loan officer thinks of, what a... um, underwriter, an appraiser, a closer, the insurance agent. We have domain expertise, over 100 data scientists who have collectively, you know, hundreds of years' worth of experience in the market, the KPIs, the data asset, which is a difficult data asset to understand, and how you can leverage it quickly to find an insight. When you see that combined and we have the platforms where, where uh, you know, people can collaborate together from company to company, that's amazing to see. Amazing Absolutely. To see. So, so
0: what's what's next? What, what's kind of on the horizon for CoreLogic as you guys are looking at tech, as you're looking at data? What are some of the other things people can start getting excited about and look forward to coming down the pike from you guys?
1: Yeah, sure, so um, I'll I'll just, uh, to name a few off the top of my head, so we're uh, rolling out something called uh, One Home, uh, which is uh, uh, used by our uh, uh, realtor community, and really it, it provides a Netflix experience between the realtor and the consumer from finding a house, purchasing a house, protecting it. So we're actually in one experience for the consumer with, with their realtor going through the entire journey um, of finding buying and protecting their house so that's obviously uh, a, a massive uh, uh, adventure um, fantastic experience for the consumer good for the realtor and then it, it starts um, connecting the real estate mortgage and insurance sectors together um, another one in the Digital tax so really, uh, uh, to really uh, 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 to make payments of digital to make payments of property tax much easier for the consumers. So we're, we're with over 24,000 tax jurisdictions, hundreds of lenders, tens of millions of consumers. We uh, make it much more simpler to pay property tax on your property uh, each and every year. So we're, we've uh, pushed that out across the, the entire industry. And in the insurance space, we have um, state-of-the-art underwriting and claims platforms that we're pushing out to the market, uh, which is really to to look after the consumer and gain the best protection for their house. And in the event there is a claim, get that uh, homeowner back in their house as fast as possible. So, um, Mm. great stuff. I mean, we're doing a lot. We're we're doing a lot.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and it's an exciting time, John you've been a wealth of knowledge and information here very similar to core logic of you. you have so many great data points that you have shared with our audience if people want to find out more if they want to dive deeper into what's the best way they can get a hold of you or your teams how can they find out more about how they can leverage the data that you guys have so that they can continue to grow their business and use those insights
1: I mean, obviously, uh, coologic.com, the, the, the loads of different ways of getting contacts us uh, there. And obviously, uh, I'm sure we can send out my email and, and telephone number with us uh, broadcast as well. So happy to get uh, for people to contact me directly as well. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well. So if people want to look me up there, John Rogers, and I think I'm on Twitter as well. So um, happy to respond and from, from any channel if, if they want to reach out directly.
0: Fantastic. John, I can't thank you enough for being a guest on this episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for your time, Michael.